This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. Scripture is holy. It is sanctified, set apart from any and all other writings that we have ever had and will ever exist. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. If you have no desire to know who God is, then can you even be sure that he knows you? The gates of hell itself, or the coronavirus itself, will not stand against Jesus building his church. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? This is Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters because everything is a matter of theology. I'm Drew, your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Chris. We are recording right now at the Cruciform 2020 Conference on Holiness. Chris actually preached this morning and killed it. I'm just going to say there were so many amens. There were so many, yep, right on, uh, that was going on. There were several times I picked my head up and laughed because I knew exactly uh, who he was talking about, and it was very hilarious to me. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. But we are a part of the Christian podcast community who is also being well represented here. They at are Cruciform nine podcasts, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think half of those are Andrew's podcasts, though. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, that doesn't really count. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but if you would like more Christian podcasts, head over to strivingforeternity.org, and they have a whole cavalcade of Christian podcasts. Uh, But today, what we have right now is we have another member of the Christian Community Podcast. He runs a podcast called The Didache, and he's also Mm -hmm. got a YouTube channel, and he's also made several appearances in several other places like Strange Fire Conference, American Gospel. Uh, Justin Peters is with us, so thank you for joining us. Brothers, it's good to be with you. truly is. Yeah, honored by the invitation. Oh, yeah. And just to encourage our listeners, head over to the Cruciform Facebook page and watch his message. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. I'm just going to say, I know biblical, or let me, I thought I knew biblical exposition (laughs) until he blew my mind. Okay. But what we really wanted to have Justin on was to, to kind of talk about his, his testimony, how his ministry got started, uh, and, and, and just go from there. Uh, because people know you, and, and they know a little bit of your story, but I don't know that they actually like know about you. Know about me, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, sure, my, uh, my, my full testimony is, is a long one. It's, it's rather uh, intricate, but a long story short is I was actually converted as a preacher. Um, I, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church in the Deep South in Mississippi, and um, at age seven, which is about the time this usually happens in Southern Baptist churches, I had made uh, you know intellectual assent to the basic gospel facts, and uh, I believed in Jesus just like I believed in Santa Claus. 
he was real to me too. And I tell people there's a difference between a childlike faith and a childish faith. I had a childish faith, um, but not a childlike faith. But uh, but I made intellectual assent to the basic facts of the gospel and uh, was baptized when I was seven years old, become a member of the church, which, you know, that's a whole other issue. But anyway, it, uh, at age 16, um, a neighbor of mine came up to me and he introduced me to the world of the Word of Faith movement, which I didn't even know this movement had a, a name at the time, but he told me about uh, some faith healers, especially one named Nora Lamb, L-A-M, that was coming to my hometown of Vicksburg at the time uh, to do a healing crusade. And he told me that God had spoken to him, told me that I was going to be healed. And at age 16, I really wanted to be healed. I wanted to do the things that my friends were doing that I could not do at the time. And so um, he was showing me some verses of Scripture that he was taking out of context, like Third John 2, Beloved, I pray that in all you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. But I didn't know he was taking those verses out of context. I didn't know anything about hermeneutics. Had never even heard the word. I don't even know if he knew he was taking these verses out of out of their context. Right, right. But um, anyway, I, I went to see Nora Lamb and R. W. Schambach and uh, a couple of other faith healers, uh, really in hopes of being healed. And of course, I was not healed. And that was my first exposure to what I now know is the Word of Faith movement. And uh, I, I can honestly tell people. A lot of people think that oh, well, Justin does these seminars now, clouds out water because he's bitter that he wasn't healed when he was a teenager. And, and uh, I, can, I can honestly say that nothing could be further from the truth because I know, because of what Scripture tells me, I know that even if I have to live the rest of my life with cerebral palsy, that's fine. I've got all of eternity to live without it. So I'm not really all that worried about having to put up with it for you know, whatever the Lord has left for me on this earth. So, uh, but I, I do what I do because I'm driven by the truth of God's word. I see the name of Christ being exploited, um, the gospel being distorted, and it's bringing reproach on the name of Christ, bringing reproach on the gospel. And so um, I, I actually started putting kind of the rudimentary elements of my, what is now known as Clouds of That Water, my seminar together, Back in 2004 was the first time I ever did it. And uh, the Lord just started opening up doors for me to travel and preach. Uh, I did my first seminar in a little town named Hamilton, Alabama. And uh, after that, I just, uh, I never did any advertising. Just doors kept opening for me and kind of spread word of mouth. And and uh, pretty soon I'm traveling uh, teaching on this movement because it's such a huge issue. You know, even if we are not personally uh, led astray by word of faith theology, prosperity of the gospel, we have friends who are. We have family members who are because it is the face of Christianity around the world today. And as bad as it is here in this country, it's far worse in other parts of the world. Far worse. I mean, I've been to African countries and just. It, the word of faith theology is, is so saturates uh, Africa. You don't just find it in the churches. It's just out in the marketplace. You know, it's just out in the, I mean, the lingo is everywhere. And uh, so anyway, but, uh, but yeah, I was actually converted as, 
as a preacher, even as a graduate of, of seminary. And um, I think y'all heard me the other night in, in uh, my sermon. I'm, there seemed to me to be a massive inherent contradiction within the gospel itself that I did not fully understand. Well, I didn't understand at all. And it was basically this, that on the one hand, salvation is not of works. And I understood that. That made sense to me. I knew I couldn't help enough little old ladies across the street to earn my way into heaven. That made sense. But then in order to be saved, we tell people that they have to repent, which in my Arminian theological framework was a work. It was something I had to do. And so how could we on one hand, on one hand say that salvation is not of works, but in order to, to be saved, you've got to repent, which is a work. And, uh, of course, I now understand what I didn't then is that that initial repentance unto salvation, faith and repentance, are both in and of themselves gifts of God. They are works, but they are works that God does in us, not works that we do. And uh, so that was a, a watershed kind of a understanding for me. But uh, anyway, my full... I don't want to spend the whole interview talking no, about my no, testimony. No, 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 you're, uh, you're, you're, you're great. You're doing. You're great. So, uh, great. but it, it was never a, a situation where I, I was preaching uh, even before my conversion. It was never a situation where I thought, "Ah, ha, ha!" You know, I got these people fooled. You know, I don't believe any of this stuff. It was never that. Right. I knew something was wrong. I, I just never had any, but I didn't know what was wrong. I never had any lasting understanding, uh, lasting assurance. I should say, I never had any lasting assurance of my own salvation. It, it, you know, I'd try to muster it up, but it would just always fade away. And, uh, so anyway, but the full, full things written out on my website, but, but God's very gracious. Yeah. yeah. Now how did, uh, I, I mean, I guess you already answered it, but your ministry started just by, you, you put together a sem- did it now did your ministry start with the seminar and then it just kind of exploded from there or did, did, did you have the idea of saying, I'm going to start a ministry, and then this is what it's going to be? Yeah. No, it really... Uh, so when I was in seminary at Southwestern in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, because of the experiences that I'd had at the time, maybe about 10 years before going to see Nora Lamb and these faith healers, I had an interest in uh, the prosperity gospel. And so I began to, to study it in seminary. And as I studied it, I began to realize that this is far more than just health and wealth. It's far more than just Rolex watches, private jets, and healing. Uh, It's actually a movement that is rooted in the cults and is cultic theology wrapped in some Christian lingo. And and I began to see that. And so for my Master of Theology degree, I wrote my thesis on Benny Hinn and the Word of Faith movement. And as part of my research for my thesis, I went to Benny Hinn Crusades. And I would go in there and I would you know, experience the whole thing, take notes and um, all this stuff. And so um, when I wrote my master's thesis on Benny Hinn, uh, that, you know, some people heard about that and and a church in Alabama heard about it, this church in Hamilton, Alabama. And uh, actually Hamilton, Alabama is the the home of, excuse me, a a TBN personality named Karen Wheaton. She has a, have you heard of her name? Yeah. She Mm -hmm. has this thing called The Ramp. And uh, it's a very divisive thing in Hamilton because she sucks in all of the youth from churches of all stripes, you know, charismatic and Baptist and 
you know, Southern Baptist, and, and they go because it's the hip thing, it's cool, and they have this dance group. In fact, interestingly, just the other day or yesterday, I got an email from a, a young man who used to be a member of the ramp and part of their uh, team, you know, and, and God saved him, delivered him out of that. So it's praise the Lord. But, but because of the presence there, there was a church, First Baptist Hamilton, Alabama, that asked me. They heard of my thesis, and uh, they said, hey, will you consider coming and teaching on this issue? And so that was in October of 04. And, and uh, so I kind of put my the early version of my seminar together for First Baptist Church, Hamilton, Alabama. And uh, I had a few video clips and stuff. Nothing to the develop to the degree that I have now, but... But that's that's how it began, and so it's nothing that I planned on. It just it just happened, and and, and so here I am, sixteen years later, and still traveling around the world teaching on this issue. Warning, I mean, uh, as as a as someone with a, a pastor and a shepherd's heart, you're you're warning uh, as as we're called to do, right? right? Uh, Absolutely, we, we are called and commanded as believers to expose false teaching publicly, sharply, severely in love. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and brother, I think one of my favorite, uh, uh, one of my favorite things about the, the work that you do, uh, is even when you do that, um, uh, even, even when, with the rebuke, you're, you're, you're constantly imploring, uh, those that, that would listen to this be be caught up in it or uh, those proclaiming it and teaching it directly to repent yes. um, out of out of your love for the gospel first and foremost but then your love for them as as fellow image bearers of God right and, um, so yeah and, and um, you know if you guys haven't checked out any of Justin's uh, uh, videos that he does his YouTube channel uh, Justin Peters Ministries check it out because it isn't just that uh, that, that he uh, calls them out or quotes them. It's, it's he is showing you uh, with video clips uh, of, of those who are, are peddling this, this doctrine of demons um, uh, live and in person. I mean, you're, you're seeing people like Benny Hinn and Todd White and so on and so forth uh, uh, say that and, or, or do those things. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, brother, that's, it's, it's, that's fantastic stuff. So as far as today... And what we're seeing uh, with the prosperity gospel, the word of faith, the name it and claim it, the faith healing movement. I mean, what would you say, um, uh, I mean, what would you say the, the, the biggest, uh, what am I trying to say right now? <laughs> um, the, the biggest battle that you've seen that, that as far as, I know that's kind of a broad question, but in 2020, what's, what's, what's some of the things that you've seen that's like a, this, the church needs to be aware of this and, and to shun it. Maybe not necessarily the big things, but maybe something smaller. Uh, something that's it's like a special forces kind of deal to where it's sneaking in and, and, and infecting the church from the inside. Yeah. Out. Well, uh, Chris, I would say that probably the, the single biggest factor, and I think what underlies all of this stuff, every, every form of theological mischief that is plaguing the quote unquote evangelical world today, all stems down and can be boiled down to an abandonment of the sufficiency of Scripture. That's where it comes down to. We have, theoretically at least, we have fought the wars over inerrancy and theoretically won those wars. And I keep saying theoretically because <laughs> inerrancy and sufficiency are directly linked. But a lot of people yes, don't two sides understand. The the two sides yep. of the same coin, absolutely. Yep. But a lot of people don't really know how to make that connection. So there, in other words, there's a lot of people who would say, oh, yes, I believe in inerrancy. 
in the, in the Bible, and the Bible is inerrant. And some would even say, I believe the Bible is sufficient, but they'll turn right around and say, God speaks to us in still small voices, in dreams and hunches. And, you know, and so what you're saying is that the Bible is not in and of itself sufficient for everything I need pertaining to life and godliness to carry out, uh, to live a life of obedience to the glory of God. I also need God to speak to me in still small voices, which is totally taken out of context, um, and, and all these, you know, dreams and hunches and visions. So it, so whether we're talking about the charismatic movement, word of faith, new apostolic reformation, or theological liberalism, or the social justice movement, all of these things, and they all end up leading to theological liberalism, uh, they all, the, the, the fundamental thing that underlies all of them is they have all abandoned the sufficiency of Scripture. We've got to, okay, the Bible is great, but we also need this. You know, uh, the Bible tells me what I need to know about the gospel, but I also need dreams and visions and God to whisper to me, the Bible is great. We, it gives us everything we know about the gospel, need to know about the gospel, but we also need to look at critical race theory and intersectionality and look at these worldly philosophies because that helps us to know the Bible is sufficient, period. And that is, you know, we, we may have theoretically won the war over inerrancy, but uh, the battle over sufficiency is being lost big time. Yeah, we get people all the time that'll tell us, well, the Bible's not God. And I go, well, how do you know anything about God? But besides that, the fact that Scripture is theonoustos, it is God-breathed, right. it's the mind of God, which we can actually say the autographs, those that which were penned by the Holy Spirit, is actually divine in their nature because of who they come from. So... So, so while the Bible may not be God and we don't worship it as God, it's the mind of God as to how we are to know him. And then we'll also get people that say, well, God is bigger than his book. Well, yeah, but you're not. So <laughs> you need to you, yeah. you need to submit to right. it and what it no, says. I, th- I think, of, think of Watson, until I'm without sin, I will never be above the Bible or the Bible will never be under me. It's, it's always over yeah. me. It's... And, and always. So, and here's the thing: as long as if I keep sinning, right, and Scripture reve- constantly reveals to me my sin, as long as it is constantly revealing my sin, then yeah, I, I cannot go beyond the Bible. No dream or hunch right. or indigestion is ever gonna <laughs> like like help me move past that. I have to have Scripture, and I can't go beyond that. Exactly. You know, I, I, it just as y'all are talking about this, it brings up to my memory, uh, you know, the book Jesus Calling oh, yeah. by oh, Sarah yeah. Young. Oh, man. Uh, there, she actually says, and this is a direct quote, and I just haven't memorized because I've taught on it, but in the introduction to her book, Jesus Calling, she says this, quote, I knew that God communicated with me through the Bible, but I yearned for more. You yearn for more? And see, that's where so many people are today so many evangelicals yes yes the bible is the word of god but i need something else here's my question if you think the bible is not enough let me let me ask you this question if you think you need something more have you completely mastered the bible from genesis 1 1 to revelation 22 21 you have mastered it all you have squeezed every drop of truth there is to be squeezed out of the pages of god's holy book 
you have mastered it all. If, if the answer to that question is no, and it is. <laughs> Just to be Just clear. Just to be clear, and it is. Then please don't tell me the Bible's not enough. You don't even understand what you have in black and white right in front of you. Don't tell me the Bible's not enough. Well, I think of I think of people like uh, you know, like Beth Moore. Yes, uh, I mean the the whole uh, you know my my wife has done multiple Bible studies of hers, um, uh, and 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 thankfully um, because of my wife's background, she spent the first twelve years of her life at Grace uh, under Doctor MacArthur, mm. and um, so there was always something off, right. um, you know. But it was one of the things that she tried to eat the meat, spit out the bones, kind of deal. Um, but, but you look at somebody like that who has a lot of influence in the Southern Baptist convention. Um, a lot of people think that she one day will be president of the SBC. Uh, you know, but you look at the, what, what she tries to do and what a lot of uh, the things that, that I've seen and that we've seen isn't obviously for, for professing believers. We look at somebody like a Benny Hinn or a Todd White. Um, and, and we go, yeah, there's something off about that. that right. That's just not right. right. Um, but then we accept yeah. a Beth Moore. We accept um, Resolution 9. We accept right. fill in the blank. Um, any, and, and, and Paul said in Colossians to, to reject the, any speculation, any worldly ideology that would pull you away from Christ, Colossians uh, uh, 2.8. So, but, but I think about the, the, the truth that people try to wrap in the poison with the poison in the middle. And I think of our brother Costi and, and defining deception. And he, that's the first time I, I heard somebody kind of mention it that way. Um, but, but that's why we, we stick to the sufficiency of scripture. That's why we hold on to, we white knuckle. And I said this today, we, we white knuckle our hold on scripture, not so that we can go, look, I'm right. And you're wrong. Right. But because it's the very breathed out Theanustos, the breathed out word of God, perfect, sufficient, sure, clean, pure, all of that. Why, why do you want something more? Why do you want to try to discern dreams, visions, indigestion right. to Drew's point? Right. It's it's murky and muddy. Yeah. And 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 the testimony of the Lord is short. That's right. It's crystal clear. That's right. Absolutely. You know, it's what Peter said in in Second Peter one. We when he's talking about being on the Mount of Transfiguration, we we heard the majestic voice from heaven talking about him and uh, uh, James and John. There, Matthew 17, he said, but we have the prophetic word more sure, more certain, more certain than that. You know, more, and, and you think, you think some hunch or some voice that you think you're hearing inside of your head is God speaking to you when Peter says he, he was at the Mount of Transfiguration, saw Jesus transfigured before him with Moses and Elijah, and he says the word of God is more certain than that. I don't care what experience you think you may have had. It doesn't rise to that experience. Nope. <laughs> so, I mean, what a powerful testimony to the, to the sufficiency of God's Word. Yeah, I mean, in, in, you know, as, as we're talking about that, uh, God gives testimony to His own Word in the Psalms where He places His Word above His own name. Yeah. So that's how seriously God exactly. takes His own Word. Exactly. And, and that's why it's such a... You know, people, uh, you're saying that. It, people, when they say, well, God spoke to me and he said such and such. God told me this. God told me that. Uh, if, if God didn't tell you that and he didn't, I can assure you. But, but <laughs> do you realize what you're saying? Do you realize the, the profundity of what you're claiming? 
that, that Yahweh, the Alpha and Omega, spoke to you? And, and if he did, and then theoretically whatever he said should be canonized, should be included in the canon of Scripture because God cannot speak less authoritatively on one occasion than he does on another. And if I could give a shameless plug here, not for myself, but uh, my pastor, my former pastor until we moved a couple years ago, Jim Osmond has just written a book entitled God Doesn't Whisper. God Doesn't Whisper. You can get it on Amazon or at his website, Jim Osmond, O-S-M-A-N. Not the like the Osmond <laughs> singers. Everybody thinks right. that. Is he related to Donnie? No. Donnie Donnie? Yeah. Jim, J-I-M-O-S-M-A-N.com. A fantastic book. John MacArthur wrote the foreword to it. So, you, <laughs> you know, that adds a, a, a bit of credit. So you know it's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, man. Wow. Um, uh, well, brother, uh, you know, uh, I, I've said this to you privately, you know, this weekend, but, um, uh, you know, I, I want to thank you for your ministry. I want to thank you for, um, uh, taking, uh, what God has given you, um, and, and, uh, and not, not, not sought to, uh, use any sort of bitterness or, or, uh, you know, what you quote unquote didn't have, have happened to you as far as healing or anything like that. And you've taken, uh, what the Lord has given you with, and you've turned it around and used it for his glory. And, uh, brother, I can tell you just from, uh, just from the, the years that I've been following your ministry. And I first heard about you from strange fire, um, and, and, and your work there and, and just sought to devour content from, from then. Um, just, uh, so, but, but thank you for your example and uh, for your pastor's heart and your shepherd's heart and your humble heart and just allowing God to use you. Um, it's, it's, it's needed today. So uh, yeah, I just want to publicly say that. Yeah. And there's a, when, so after American gospel came out and uh, I guess they were putting individual clips. Um, one of them was, was the part where it goes over your testimony a little bit. And so I shared that and I had someone comment that say, Oh, well, he's just bitter. And I said, and this was after I met you for the first time at, at Shepherd's Conference. And I replied back and I said, if you met him, you would never be able to say that. I'm just going to, you would yeah. never be able to say that. But now there is a story I would, I want to ask you about, because I don't think, I, I kind of saw it, I think when the video was posted, but I don't think I've heard you talk about it. And that was, you went to uh, Todd Bentley's church one time when he was doing a healing thing and you, you called him to repent in front of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it wasn't technically his church. This was a church in Oklahoma that had him okay. come as a guest okay. speaker, but yes, uh, this was in, I think it was in 2014. And, um, so they were live streaming these services and Todd Bentley, if you're listening, you don't know who he is. He's one of the most manifestly obvious false oh, yeah. teachers. If you can't tell, Todd Bentley is a false teacher, then you probably shouldn't be allowed out of the house without adult supervision. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just wow. So yeah. anyway, and, um, but I was at home. This was, uh, this church was in Ed, I mean, excuse me, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was in Edmond a couple hours away at the time. And, uh, I was, they were airing these services on the internet and I heard them say, um, well, I was watching it on TV, but they said, yeah, we're live streaming this on the internet. And he's, uh, the guy that was the pastor of the church, he said, we're, we have 97 countries watching us right now. And I thought, huh, 
well, it's just a couple hours down the road. That might be a really good opportunity to um, let everybody know around the world who this guy is. And so the next night, I drive to Edmond, and I mean, drive to uh, Tulsa, and I go to this church. I'm there with a pastor friend of mine, he's actually one of my board members, and uh, we meet there. He's on one side of the sanctuary, I'm on the other. But Todd Bentley is doing his thing, and I'm, I'm on the very front row all the way over to the left. And uh, the service goes on and on and on, like these things typically do, oh, about yeah. three hours. Oh, and yeah. I was planning on getting up and rebuking him in front of everybody, live streamed around the world. And a lot of people think, oh, Justin's so brave. Let me tell you, I almost talked myself out of it. <laughs> I, I did. I'm, I had every reason to leave. <laughs> I was sitting there on the pew, and I'm thinking, am I really going to do this? Am I really? <laughs> I just about decided. I, and then I was just like, no, I'm doing it again. So I got up and walked up. I'm on my crutches. And uh, I come up behind him. He had his back to me at, at initially. And, uh, of course, he could sense someone was behind him. So he turned around, he looked at me, and he saw me standing there on my crutches, and his immediate assumption is, I'm there to be healed. You know, I want to be healed. And he says, uh, he says, well, I'm going to pray for you, meaning I'm going to pray for you at the end of the service, pray for the sick. And I said to him, I have a word. Now, in charismatic circles, <laughs> yeah. they stop and listen. When you say yeah. you have a word, like, ooh, they, we know what that what's means. God yep. telling you? And then, the, then he, said, he said, is it a good word? And then the dummy puts the microphone in front of my face. Now, think of the irony of this. Okay, right, right, I'm in right. a room full of about 400 charismatics, all of whom claim God speaks to them. Todd Bentley claims right. that God speaks to him in real time, giving yes, him words yes. of knowledge about people in real time, and yet God apparently did not bother to give him a heads up about what I was about to do to him. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> And awesome. so he said, is it a good word? And, gets, puts, and so puts a microphone in front of me, and I quote Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Oh, yeah. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons, perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And I said, this man is a worker of iniquity. And he said, which man? I said, you. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's what happened. And, and I don't, somebody was recording it and put it up on YouTube. I still don't know who did that, but uh, somebody did. So the whole thing is not there. By this time, of course, some of his uh, you know, goons or whatever, they were... They were trying to usher me out of the sanctuary. They were pulling on me, actually. There's one, t wow. there's one point at which Todd Bentley says, don't hit me with your crutch. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I was rebuking. I wasn't about to hit him with my crutch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I need my yeah. crutches to stand up for one thing. So, uh, but it, was, it was really surreal. But you know what's interesting? As they were leading me out of the sanctuary, uh, a cop car pulled up. So someone had called the cops. Police car pulled up, lights flashing. And I'm thinking, man, is all this for little old me? <laughs> and a uh, police officer came up, and he, he said, sir, if you don't leave, you're going to be arrested. I said, no problem. I'm headed to my truck. I'm leaving right now. And so I, I walk over to my truck, and I'm stepping in, you know, getting. And this lady comes up behind me, and she says, sir, are you okay? And I turned around. I said, yes, ma'am, I'm, I'm fine. She said, I was in there, too. And she said, I knew the whole time something was not right about that man, and I, I thank you for what you did. And she said, I just want to make sure you're okay. And, 
and the police officer was there trying to usher me away, so I, I couldn't get her uh, contact information, unfortunately. But anyway, maybe that was one of the Lord's sheep that just... Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, it had been a wolves, man. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Well, we want to thank Justin Peters for joining us on this episode of Matter of Theology. Absolutely. We have had uh, just a fun time yeah. uh, at lunches and just you know being able to sit around and chit-chat and just laugh it up uh, yep. with you. So that's been real edifying. I've really enjoyed uh, the fellowship with you guys here. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I truly have. Yeah. yeah. So we want to thank you for coming on, telling us about yourself. Uh, where can people find you? Um, find your information and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, uh, justinpeters.org is my website, justinpeters.org. I have a ministry Facebook page. I'm not the one that updates it. A friend of mine does that for me, so I'm rarely <laughs> on there, but a uh, good brother who uh, updates that for me. And uh, um, I have a YouTube channel, as you said. So Now, if you had to say any one thing about Andrew Rappaport... Since we are on the Christian podcast community, right. and he's in the other room, <laughs> and we're doing a show with him tonight, yeah. what would it be? I tell you, Andrew has got a heart as big as all outdoors. He he really does. I, let me tell you this about Andrew Rappaport. Uh, a, a couple of years ago at the G3 conference, I was doing a breakout session there. I, I wasn't even a, a main speaker, but um, Andrew knew I was going to be there. And Andrew flew down at his own expense from New Jersey to Atlanta, bought his own plane ticket, his own hotel room, stayed for the whole conference just to help me, just to help me, you know, just logistically and um, my table and, you know, whatever I needed. And he did that completely on his own. And, uh, yeah, he's a good brother. He is. Wow. He's, he's a Man, character. You know you He's, know, I, I set him up perfectly, know, and he I was know. so gracious he right now. Very gracious. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because you know, Andrew wouldn't have done that. Oh, he would have. He would have <laughs> at the end. He would have. Thrown uh, something he he would have thrown something in first, but then yeah. at the end, he would have. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, we're gonna we're gonna head out of here, and we again we want to thank Justin Peters for Absolutely. taking time to to join us on this episode, and thank we will guys. catch you on the next one. <laughs>